This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm Lavora Barnes. The word this week, governing. Republicans have to decide, who do they serve? Donald Trump or the American people? Are they here to solve problems? or just weaponize those problems for political purposes? I know my answer. I serve the American people. We can't continue to let petty partisan politics get in the way of our responsibility. We're a great nation. It's not acting like a great nation. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. No question. There is a law enforcement and humanitarian crisis on the border. Republicans are doing everything they can to weaponize the issue because they've got little else to use in their campaigns. Rising wages, record low unemployment, inflation down, lower prices for gasoline, and core grocery items like milk and eggs. Plus, America's standing in the world restored after being demolished by the Trump years. All Republicans have left is to point to the border crisis and blame it on President Biden. Last week, Republicans demonstrated pretty clearly that they don't want to actually solve the border crisis. They just want to complain about it. They had a bill negotiated by the very conservative Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma. It was, by all accounts, a win for conservatives with just about everything they wanted in border protection. But Donald Trump said, no, I don't want a solution. I want an issue to use against Joe Biden. So Republicans tanked a bill that gave them exactly what they wanted. They were afraid that a law helping solve the border crisis would help Joe Biden politically. Maybe they learned their lesson from the abortion debate. They used abortion for decades as a wedge issue. But when they got what they wanted, it backfired on them. Trump didn't want that to happen again, so he ordered his servants in Congress to vote no. They caved in and did nothing but continued to blame Biden. Once again, Republicans proved they are incapable of governing, something amply demonstrated in 2023 when fewer than three dozen new laws were enacted. Here in Michigan, we have another demonstration of how Democrats are capable of governing. On Tuesday, dozens of new laws will go into effect. Laws passed in 2023 despite unified Republican opposition. They are laws that improve fixing our roads and so much more. Among those new laws, a series of gun safety measures that will help reduce the epidemic of gun violence in Michigan. Ironically, these laws will become effective exactly one year after the horrific mass shooting at Michigan State University. Had these laws been in effect back then, the carnage on campus might have been averted. The list of laws going into effect this week is far too extensive to list on a podcast. You can learn more about the new statutes on the Michigan House Democrats website. HouseDems.com. This week, Republican State Representative Josh Shriver posted support for a blatantly disgusting and racist theory on his social media that is deeply disturbing, coming from anyone let alone an elected official. Unfortunately, Michigan Republicans at all levels have remained silent and have refused to condemn this heinous behavior. Representative Shriver is repeating the same racist words We heard from neo-Nazis who marched in Charlottesville carrying swastika flags and torches. 
They're the same words that mass murderers used in Buffalo, El Paso, Christchurch, and Pittsburgh. And this is not the first or only time Representative Shriver has espoused these dangerous views. Shriver is still spreading great replacement rhetoric. This type of hate has no place in Michigan and must be called out any time it rears its ugly head. And yet, Michigan Republicans remain silent. The unfortunate reality is that minority leader Magamat Hall won't do anything to condemn Shriver or other members of his caucus that push dangerous, racist conspiracy theories. That tells you everything you need to know about so-called Republican leadership. Shriver must be held accountable, and he has no place remaining in the halls of power. Michigan's presidential primary is at the end of the month. A strong voter turnout among Michigan Democrats would demonstrate the party's unity and enthusiasm, sending a powerful message to the nation about the priorities and values that resonate in our key battleground state. Our votes not only determine the allocation of delegates, but also influence candidate narratives, policy emphasis, and overall party dynamics. With that said, as leaders within the party, we have a unique opportunity to raise enthusiasm and educate Democrats about the best way to support President Joe Biden and cast a ballot that counts. It is extremely important to encourage our voters to support President Joe Biden. A vote for any other presidential candidate or a vote as uncommitted does not help our cause against Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans are a danger to our democracy and the health of our nation. Trump and MAGA Republicans are looking to undermine our democracy, remove gun safety measures, stall our nation's economic progress, and much more. President Biden and our vision of unity must be at the forefront, and that begins with a united effort to support President Biden in this upcoming election. You can vote starting now at your local city or township clerk's office. While the voting for president, U.S. Senate, and Congress get the headlines, elections for local offices are incredibly important. Your local officials often have the most direct impact on your day-to-day life, and local elections are vital to building our party. They can be the launch pad for federal and statewide offices. Debbie Stabenow began her climb to the Senate as a county commissioner. Gretchen Whitmer was a county prosecutor. Dan Kildee started as an 18-year-old member of the Flint School Board and then County Treasurer. 7th District Congressional Candidate Curtis Hertel was a county commissioner and register of deeds. And many of our state legislators began in local or county office. This week, we're spotlighting one of those local races, the battle for Macomb County prosecuting attorney. We'll talk with Christina Hines about her campaign to unseat the highly controversial Peter Lucido in Michigan's third largest county after summary of some of the other news-making political headlines this week with MDP's Dorian Tias. In the news this week, Democrats, including President Joe Biden, are defending the city of Dearborn and criticizing the Wall Street Journal after the paper published an opinion piece criticizing the town for hosting anti-Israel and anti-American protests and having prominent citizens who have vocally supported terrorism. President Biden wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, quote, Americans know that blaming a group of people based on the words of a small few is wrong. That's exactly what can lead to Islamophobia and anti-Arab hate. 
and it shouldn't happen to the residents of Dearborn or any American town. We must continue to condemn hate in all forms. Dearborn State Representative Alibis Farhat and House Floor Leader Abraham Ayash introduced a resolution calling on the Wall Street Journal to retract the piece and issue a public apology to the city of Dearborn. City officials said they increased police presence in the city after the op-ed appeared. Representative Farhat called the op-ed, quote, a pathetic excuse for an editorial piece. It fanned the flames of hatred and division in our country during a time when hate crimes are on the rise. It makes it so that it's normal to question how patriotic your neighbor is. The Biden economic recovery continued to gain even more strength in January. The Bureau of Statistics reported that the U.S. economy added 353,000 jobs during the month, well ahead of expectations and outpacing 2023's average monthly gains of 255,000. The data also included upward revisions to the jobs gained in November and December, increasing jobs gains for the two months a combined 126,000 above previously reported levels. Jobs growth spread across diverse industries with solid gains in areas like healthcare, education, manufacturing, and retail, speaking to broader economic resilience. The unemployment rate held steady at 3.7%. That's the third consecutive month that it has come in at that level. Wage growth ticked higher in January as average hourly earnings jumped 0.6%. Wages have increased 4.5% over the past 12 months. Attorney General Dana Nessel, along with her partners on the nationwide anti-robocall multi-state litigation task force, has sent a warning letter to a company that allegedly sent New Hampshire resident scam election robocalls during the New Hampshire primary election last month. The calls allegedly used artificial intelligence to impersonate President Joe Biden, and discourage voters from participating in the primary. The Federal Communications Commission on Thursday outlawed robocalls that contain voices generated by artificial intelligence, a decision that sends a clear message that exploiting the technology to scam people and mislead voters won't be tolerated. The unanimous ruling targets robocalls made with AI voice cloning tools under the Telephone Consumer Protection Act a 1991 law restricting junk calls that use artificial and pre-recorded voice messages. Attorney General Nessel is part of a multi-state coalition of 24 attorneys general acting to protect access to medication abortion nationwide. The coalition filed an amicus brief in the U.S. Supreme Court supporting efforts to reverse a ruling by the U.S. Court of Appeals that reinstated certain restrictions on the medication known as mifepristone after the FDA had determined those restrictions were medically unnecessary. A new report from Michigan Advance has raised questions about Mike Rogers abandoning Michigan nearly a decade ago. For the last decade, he's lived in a 4,751 square foot home in Cape Coral, Florida, valued at $1.7 million. That was his official residence until his decision to run for U.S. Senate. In 2022, Rogers received a $50,000 homestead tax exemption on the Florida mansion, indicating it's his primary residence. 
and also received a renovation permit that same year worth $327,000, more than the cost of his entire Michigan house. He now claims to live in a 728-square-foot home in Oakland County. The U.S. Constitution requires members of Congress to be residents of the state they represent. Rogers is currently not living at his property in Michigan, but with his sister-in-law saying it's because of pending renovations on the White Lake property, even though the house was completely remodeled by the previous owner in 2022, just prior to its sale. Five years since the Green New Deal's introduction, new polling from Data for Progress finds Americans are taking climate change increasingly seriously. Nearly half of voters view climate change as more serious now than they did in the past, followed by 33% whose views of climate change have not changed, and 14% who view climate change as less serious than they did in the past. The landmark resolution laid out an ambitious vision for intersectional climate action in the United States that shaped major pieces of legislation passed under the Biden administration, including the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act and the Inflation Reduction Act. Links to these and other stories are on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. From Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tyus. One of the many important local races in Michigan this year is for prosecuting attorney in Macomb County. Christina Hines has devoted her legal career to public service. Right out of law school, she became an assistant prosecutor in Wayne County, followed by service as the chief of the appeals division at the Washtenaw County Prosecutor's Office and chief of the Special Victims Unit. She's a lifelong native of Macomb County, born in Warren, a graduate of Warren Woods Tower High School, and then the University of Michigan and Wayne State University Law School, where she now serves as an adjunct professor of law. She talked about the campaign with our Walt Sorg. Christina Hines, it's a real pleasure to welcome you to the podcast and to thank you for stepping forward for one of the most difficult tasks in politics, and that's running for local office. Running for county prosecutor is not the same as running for Congress or U.S. Senate. Lower profile, a lot more work for the candidate, and a lot less visibility. How's the campaign going for you? Hi, Walt. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here today. The campaign's going great. I have been having such a good experience running for office. We have in Macomb County, and what's the third biggest county in the state, and we have a really strong groundwork here for Democrats who are running for office. It's really been just this groundwell of support. We've raised over $100,000, almost all contributions that are under $100. So I'm so proud of what we've been able to achieve as a team, and I'm really excited to, to run for this office. You lead on your campaign website under the category why I'm running for leading with dignity. Now, you're not saying it, so I will. The man in the office right now, dignity is not one way you would describe him. He's been accused multiple times of sexual harassment, both when he was in the legislature and as county prosecutor. He sometimes says some very undignified things. How do you bring back that sense of dignity that clearly has been missing in the office? Well, you're absolutely right, Walt. And I would point out that our last prosecutor, Eric Smith, was indicted and he was a Democrat. 
was indicted and convicted. And now, like you mentioned, we have our current prosecutor who all somebody has to do is Google him to see the long list of foibles that he has and the things that he said. We need to bring dignity back to this office and we need a leader that will lead with integrity. And that means putting people first, right? That means putting, first of all, the staff at, at that office first, I think is really important. Since Lacido was elected three years ago, almost half of the office has turned over. And that has real impacts on community safety. I will be a prosecutor who makes sure that the staff feels comfortable coming to work day in and day out. We need a prosecutor who's going to be out in the community and showing that this is a respectful office and that every single person who comes through our doors, whether you're, a, like I said, a staff member, a victim of a crime, or even a defendant on a crime, you're going to be treated with dignity and we are going to do the right thing. Your list of priorities for you as prosecutor, you start with an issue that's very difficult to deal with from a law enforcement standpoint, and that's mental health and substance abuse, two issues that go way beyond convict them, lock them up, and let them out five years from now. How do you plan to change the orientation towards these two areas that commingle social needs, mental needs, along with the need to keep the people safe? I will be a prosecutor who prioritizes and focuses on making sure that people are receiving treatment and rehabilitation. If we really want to improve our criminal legal system and make our communities safe again, then we can't keep doing the same old thing that we've been doing. We need to make sure that this is our top priority because this is what's causing a lot of repeat offenses. We need to make sure that we've got a prosecutor's office that is stable and, like I said, that's run from the top down with integrity to make sure that we can actually treat people that need treatment. And then we need to work with our partners in the mental health space and in the treatment space, which means that we need a prosecutor who's willing to collaborate with other stakeholders in the county. And I will be a prosecutor who builds bridges, who works alongside law enforcement, our judges, our mental health, our county executive and our sheriff to make sure that people are receiving the treatment and rehabilitation that they need so that they don't go out and reoffend. Your history in the prosecutor's office includes a lot of cases involving either sexual abuse or abuse of children, sometimes both of them at the same time. How is your approach different from what is going on now in terms of the policy of the office? My whole background is really focused on special victims. The reason that I even became a prosecutor in the first place is because I wanted to advocate for women and children. And I found that in my experience at the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office, where I prosecuted sexual assault and child abuse for almost seven years and then became the chief of the Special Victims Unit in Washtenaw County. We need to make sure that from the prosecutor's office and law enforcement that we're engaging in best practices. I have taught dozens of police trainings on best practices to make sure that our police officers, who are often the first people that a sexual assault victim might talk to, after it's happened in an immediate type of emergency situation to make sure that the police response is appropriate. These are really specialty cases, and we need to make sure that we've got prosecutors who are trained, who are always being trained in best practices. And frankly, Macomb County could lead the state in this area. We have great county commissioners and a great county executive that have funded this office. It's one of the best funded offices in the entire state. But we need to make sure that our prosecutors are adequately trained to handle these cases. And this is an area that is so both personally and professionally important to me that I will always make it a top priority in our administration. 
several weeks ago, Attorney General Nessel was on this podcast, and we talked about the fact that people in positions like attorney general and county prosecutor, even though you're elected on a partisan ballot, it's not a, a partisan office. Probably for Macomb County, the most stunning example is the fact that it was Dana Nessel, a Democrat, who prosecuted your Democratic county prosecutor and put him in jail. How do you convince people in this hyper-partisan world we have right now with Donald Trump attacking the justice system all the time, how do you make the people of Macomb County feel comfortable that, in fact, equal justice under law is a reality? I think that what Dana Nessel did really lifts up the idea that when you elect good public officials, that they're going to do the right thing, right? I am a professional prosecutor. I'm not a politician. And I don't want to be a politician. I want to be a public servant because I believe that this work is worthy of a lifetime of effort. And I want to get into office and I want to put the people first and I want to make our community safe. That's all I want to do. I'm not going to be out here getting in trouble. I'm not going to be out here stealing from the office. I'm going to put the people first day in and day out. Probably the highest profile crimes everywhere right now brought to even a higher attention because of the Crumley case over in Oakland County is gun violence, especially gun violence targeting students. Uh, in talking with Alyssa Slotkin, who's running for the United States Senate, she's had two mass shootings in her own congressional district, both the Oxford shooting and the Michigan State University shootings. How is the prosecutor's office involved in making our kids a little bit safer, whether they're going to Macomb Community College or they're in, in a public school, a K-12 school? First of all, I will say I'm proud of what the legislature has been able to do over um, the past couple of years to make sure that we have better gun laws in Michigan. And I will absolutely uphold those laws. I have personally handled cases where children have got a hold of their parents' guns and they've either shot themselves or they've shot other siblings or cousins in the house. I can't tell you how devastating it is to see those photographs and to have to prosecute those cases. Of course, we will prosecute these cases and we will try to make sure that justice prevails in all of those cases. But there is an educational component that needs to happen here. We need, and I will be, a prosecutor who gets into the community and helps educate parents. That's why it's so important that we have these safe storage laws. We need to make sure that guns are not getting into the hands of children at all. It's one thing when children are being supervised with a parent, but we need to make sure that when there's no supervision, that there's no guns in the hands of children. I want to be a prosecutor who's going to be out in the community educating people on this issue day in and day out because I don't want to ever have to see another picture of a child who's shot their sibling or shot themselves again. If somebody wants to help out with your campaign, whether it's financially or otherwise, how do they get in touch with you? Well, we have a website. It's Christina Hines from Macomb.com. We're also on all of those social media platforms from Facebook to TikTok. And so you can go right online, you can sign up to be a volunteer, and you can sign up to contribute there. We would love to have you. We are a grassroots campaign, and we are going to be winning this campaign through our wonderful donors and through our door knockers. So please sign up and volunteer. Christina Hines, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Best of luck to you in the rest of this campaign. Thank you all. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. When it comes to Trump outrages, it is hard to pick just one out of the week. So this week, we have three. First, Trump's willingness to abandon our NATO allies and hand them over to his buddy Vladimir Putin. The presidents of a big country stood up and said, 
Well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. President Biden worked tirelessly to repair the damage Trump inflicted on our most important alliance. President Biden united NATO behind Ukraine. Donald Trump makes it clear he'd be happy to destroy NATO to help out Putin. Second, Trump's continuing disrespect of our men and women in uniform. Where's Nikki's husband? Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. Where, what happened to her husband? What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. Major Michael Haley is a member of the South Carolina National Guard, now on duty in Africa defending our nation. Every veteran, every member of our military, and everyone in their families should take note of Mr. Bone Spur's continuing disdain of those patriots. Finally, the ridiculous report of the MAGA special prosecutor, who looked at President Biden's storage of classified documents. His conclusion? There's no cause for prosecuting because, unlike Donald Trump, President Biden notified the FBI immediately after discovering some classified documents among his papers and cooperated fully with their prompt return. President Trump, on the other hand, intentionally took classified information to Mar-a-Lago, refused to return the documents, lied about how many he had, and continues to claim he has a right to keep them. But then the special prosecutor went out of his way to make gratuitous partisan comments about his evaluation of President Biden's memory and mental acuity. My friend Barbara McQuaid, the former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan, who is now a professor of law at U of M, said, quote, it would have been sufficient to say that we did not have sufficient evidence that he was acting willfully. To instead besmirch his reputation struck me as going a bit above and beyond what you would expect from an ordinary prosecutor. I would go a step further. Whether intended or not, it was a political hit job comparable to the infamous Comey comments in 2016 that may have been the key to Trump's election. And that's this week's update from your Democratic Party. I'm Lavora Barnes. Thank you for listening. Paid for by the Michigan Democratic Party, 606 Townsend, Lansing, Michigan, 48933.